The Graphic Histories Podcast. Good evening, welcome to the Graphic Histories Podcast. My name is Andre Mayette, I'll be your host, and big thanks to Ukulele Mach for our theme song, Superpowers. I realize I say good evening, I'm not going to change it. You could be listening to this in the morning, you could be listening it in the middle of the day, you could be listening to it in the dead of night. However, I feel as though you can give me a little bit of slack, and perhaps you can just imagine I said whatever relates to whatever part of the day you are in now. I sure hope you do. Uh, today we'll be talking about Kalel of Earth-23, also known as President Superman, who in this uh, parallel universe, uh, the child that was sent from Krypton's name is Kalel, all one word, no dash, K-A-L-E-L, and uh, he was sent from his parents from an exploding Krypton in this world. He is also black, and he his rocket crash-landed in America, where a low-income family raised him, and he eventually went on to use his abilities and his kind of great character you know, his strong ideals to become president of the United States, all the while maintaining a secret identity of Superman uh, with the aid of Brainiac, who in this universe is in sort of a personal assistant, digital AI kind of personal assistant to him, the sort of covers for him when he needs to go off and, and fight crimes and do that sort of thing. Uh, the name Calvin Ellis is interesting that it was chosen by DC for this character because... Uh, back in Alan Moore's story, Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow, in which Superman uh, exposed himself to gold kryptonite and lives a normal life as a normal human with Lois Lane, adopting, uh, kind of faking his own death and adopting the name Calvin Ellis. So that was sort of a nice little nod from the creative team. I believe Grant Morrison did create this, this version of Superman. Uh, so, you know, it was cool that they did this little nod, especially since... Alan Moore and Grant Morrison have a bit of a contentious relationship, I think, in regards to their opinions of one another. I think it's more so Alan Moore's towards Grant, but I, I really can't speak to that. Unless Grant would like to come on the show, in which case he would literally make my dreams come true, because he is one of my all-time, possibly my favorite comic book creator of all time. So it would be a real treat to talk to him. But uh, we can continue to talk about Calvin Ellis as the... Uh, I'm sorry, Tony, if, if, if longtime listener Tony White is listening and guest on the show... Uh, this is a shorter episode, so I'm going to, just because the history of this character isn't super long, but I thought it's important that we get it out there. So I will be talking a bit more about what kind of occurred to bring about this version of Superman, a little bit about the history himself. So, uh, I mean, just side notes about the character. So this version of Superman is strongly based on, on Barack Obama uh, and Muhammad Ali, kind of a combination of both, Grant Morrison combine those two sort of characters into this version when he created the uh, this version of Superman, uh, which we'll get into when we get to the actual synopsis of sort of his path in the DC universe. He's the third black Superman, oddly enough, the first two being the Sunshine Superman, which Grant Morrison featured in Animal Man and in old, very old-time comics, 
and uh, the Superman of Earth D. Um, despite being a Superman, Kal-El isn't affected by Kryptonite when attacked by the woman from the Super Doom universe. So pre-Flashpoint, Kryptonite was shown to only affect Kryptonians from the same universe. And the same appears to apply to the post-Flashpoint multiverse. So this could explain why he's unaffected. Um, but he could still be affected by Kryptonite from his own world. Uh, yeah, so those are just a few notes about the character itself that I thought might be interesting and, and something I may kind of weed into future episodes and that, you know, I'll give a, some more interesting facts, tidbits, sort of little little factoids about the characters that may be relevant to the episode. Um, yeah, so this is a bit of a, a shorter episode and that's unfortunate just because, you know, I'd, I'd like to give my all for these, but unfortunately you can't get blood from a turnip, so I can only squeeze so hard to get a sort of a cohesive story without just literally reading the comics to you, which, you know, you may enjoy, but I certainly wouldn't. So uh, I think you should go experience those yourself. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to get into the episode without any further ado. So this is episode number 46, in which we talk about President Superman. Years ago, the planet Krypton was annihilated in a cataclysmic explosion, leaving almost nothing left. Shortly before that catastrophe, young scientists Jurel and Laura managed to rocket their infant child Kal-El into the depths of space, where he would eventually land on the planet Earth. Found by the poor but kind Ellis family, who christened him Calvin, he was raised to stand up for himself, no matter the odds, and to fight for what's right. When his star-spanning Kryptonian powers emerged under Earth's yellow sun, he became Superman, champion of the oppressed and defender of peace around the world. Superman would fight many battles against the likes of Lex Luthor, construct the citadel of Fort Superman, and inspire a generation of superheroes by his emergence, who would form the Justice League. But his greatest adventure of all may be in his identity as Calvin Ellis, becoming the President of the United States of America, where aided by his long-suffering assistant Courtney and the reprogrammed alien intelligence Brainiac, he works to protect the world with political as well as superhuman might. During the final crisis, this version of Superman was recruited by the Supermen of the Multiverse to help battle the vampire god Mandrak, and later helped to stabilize conditions on New Earth. After fighting a particularly easy battle with his nemesis Lex Luthor, Kal-El realizes that Luthor served only to distract him from his true hidden possession, the transmatter Sonic Array. As soon as Superman finds this device, three humans barrel out from its entrance. One of them dies, another lies motionless, and the third fires a Kryptonian laser at Superman, but it has no effect. Superman disarms the woman and asks about her situation. She tells him that she's on the run from a monster named Superman. She reveals that she's from an alternate universe where this monster was the creation of herself and her friends Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen. A thought-powered being built to inspire and save the world, bought out and corrupted by the mega-company Overcore, rampaging across the multiverse to eliminate other supermen. Super Doomsday already butchered the pint-sized Superman of Earth-42 and Optiman of Earth-36, with its fleeing creator expressing doubt Calvin would prove any different. Soon enough, the monster bursts through the portal device and attacks Superman. With the help of the woman and an unconventional ally, in Lex Luthor, they defeat the monster and send him back through the portal, seemingly tearing him to shreds. Summoning the Justice League, Superman explains that the device is and asks them to analyze it, and he finally introduces himself to the woman, 
She introduces herself in turn as Lois Lane and says that he must be Superman done right. After disabling a robot from another universe, Superman went to the Justice League satellite to have the wreckage examined. The presence of the non-universal material activated Luther's transmatter array and unwittingly, speaking the codeword SOS, transported Superman to the House of Heroes, where he was greeted by Captain Carrot of Earth-26. Meeting with a gathering of several other heroes throughout the multiverse, the Thunder of Earth-7 explained what a powerful threat known as the Gentry had destroyed his universe. Superman used Brainiac equipment in his belt to reactivate the station's AI, Harbringer, which informed them how to traverse the bleed between realities via shift ships, which Superman's experience with music as an accomplished guitarist aided him in operating. He led a party with the intention of rescuing Monitor Nick's Uaton from the gentry of Earth-7, only to find themselves on Earth-8 and confronted by the retaliators. Before they could come to an understanding, Uaton was reborn from a cosmic egg as the Dark Monitor, corrupted servant of the gentry. Superman, having heard stories of the Monitor in his travels, attempted to get through to the Uatoan, but was rebuffed and joined in the battle to stop them. After Uatoan was disinfected from the heroes of the multiverse, defeated the gentry. Superman led a small party to Earth-7 where they confronted the gentry's master, the Empty Hand. Superman expressed doubt for the Empty Hand's expressed intention to destroy the superheroes once and for all at a later date, noting that many villains had claimed that they would before at which point the party was teleported back to Earth-8. The heroes of the multiverse, now led by Superman, agreed to work together to defend against the Empty Hand's coming attack, with a small group made up of Superman and several other heroes, forming Justice Incarnate. This version of the group has appeared in the DC Universe from time to time, and we are sure to see them again in the future. There it is, short and sweet. I don't know how sweet it is, and it's kind of short, but President Superman has kind of been a newer addition to the DC Universe in the past, you know, 10-ish years, who's only really appeared in miniseries, so unfortunately he doesn't have a, a great wellspring of, you know, continuity to spring from. However, there is rumors that J.J. Uh, Abrams' version of Superman that he's working on with DC Comics is going to come out is going to be centered around this version of Superman, which is interesting. Uh, I highly doubt that. Uh, if they do do that, I'd be quite impressed and surprised because it would certainly be a hot take and something very different from what you know, the general public you know, would know of the Man of Steel. So, I mean, I would certainly applaud them for making such a bold choice, but I just don't feel like it's what it's going to be. But we'll see. Uh, next episode will be back to one of our featured interviews, one of my favorite portions of the show. This time I'll be speaking with Dave Howlett, who uh, I've been buying comics from for most of my life, actually. Uh, I mean, I don't want to date him, but I'm not quite sure how long he's been at working as manager of Strange Adventures. But I remember as a teenager and as, a, as an adult, I've always been buying comics from him in one way or another. He's also a very talented writer and artist and has created some pretty cool indie comics, including Slamorama, which is based around wrestling. So certainly has a special place in my heart for that and also uh, Makers and a, a few other series here and there, which we will get into when I speak with him. So I'm very excited to speak to Dave. He's a great guy. Whenever I talk to him, we always talk about movies, and I'm sure we'll probably broach that subject when we, uh, when we have our, our interview this week, uh, and it's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm sure it's going to be full of wonderful, geeky, nerdy things that'll, that'll be a blast for myself and hopefully for him and definitely for you. I mean, I can't say definitely. You may find no joy in anything, but if you do... You'll probably find it in this interview. So be sure to tune in next week for that. 
But in the meantime, thanks again for tuning into this episode. And once again, my name was Andre. It's been a real pleasure. I'm really loving doing this podcast, and I hope you are too. I mean, listening, not doing. And I'll be back with Dave Hallett next week. <laughs>